Hello, readers. Welcome to episode five of The Cruel Prince by Holly Black. This is going to be going over chapters 21 through 25. As always, there are going to be spoilers in here, so be aware of that. We are giving a summary of each one. So just to kind of recap of what happened, basically, it's like crap hits the fan. A lot of the royal family members have been murdered right in front of everybody. Belkin's like, I need Cardin. Get Cardin because Cardin's the only one who can crown him king at this point. So in chapter 21, this chapter starts with Jude hiding underneath the table. Uh, kind of shocked at what just happened and how it all unfolded. She knew she needed to get out of there because I guess it's because now there's not any order anymore. That kind of got chaotic out there. The party kind of turns wilder and bloodier than since no one's kind of overseeing it. Since there's no king. Before she could escape, a masked figure reaches under the table and grabs her. And actually that person was Cardin. The only one who can legitimately crown Belkin at this point. So Jude warns Cardin that he needs to get under the table so he wouldn't be recognized. But he doesn't want to do it because it's beneath his dignity. He's too good to be put on the dirt. She has to respond to him by punching him in the stomach just to get him underneath the table. You're like, dude, you really don't know how valuable you are right now. <laughs> so saying that, Jude can get Cardin out of there, but they had to crawl underneath the tables to get close to the exit. So when they eventually got there, Cardin told her that she might be recognized and may pay too much atten attention to who she's with. So she had to kind of shake her hair out and dishevel it and get a mask to disguise herself. And while she was doing that, Cardin somehow finds more alcohol for more wine to drink. So when heading towards the palace, they were stopped by some guards. They were able to get past them because somehow Cardin stole Balkin's royal ring to prove that he was a messenger. He's like, look, I'm, on, I'm a royal task for him. So when they get past the guards and into safely in the palace, uh, turns around and presses his knife to her throat and says, now she has power. She's like, you know, I gotcha. <laughs> in chapter 22... Cardin asks why she's she's basically doing this. Are you going to add to the slaughter of the royals? You know, he actually kind of thinks that he's in line with Maddox since he's the, technically the daughter of Maddox. He thinks he Jude won't actually stab him. And she asks him, you know, she kind of slyly goes, huh, where's your friend Valerian? She kind of, like, it's one of those moments you see in those evil plan, you know, evil villain movies where the good guy is all tied up and you know and the bad guy just reveals all of his plans to show hey i i am the smart mastermind this is what kind of reminds me of that moment what joe dude did she's like where's your friend i'm the one who killed your friend and i'm the one who buried him saying that you know i can kill <laughs> you know because having Cardin under control is actually considered power to her at that moment so Cardin admits that he doesn't know the least of what he can does because I think he's surprised that Jude w was able to go through with that. He's super calm and it kind of unnerves Jude a little bit. Jude pushes Cardin to, to a hidden passage that leads to the den of Court of Shadows. So when he, she got there, just she just tied him to a chair. She thought to herself now that Dane is dead, that if he doesn't give her the power, then she'll just take it for herself. So basically she's like, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take control of my my thing here. Jude reveals to Cardin that where they're at, it's where the Prince Dane has spies has met, and it took a moment for Cardin to put two and two together that, that realized that Jude was a part of it all. So Jude started going through Prince Dane's desk, searching for everything. She thought to herself how Maddox is so blessed thirsty that it would trump even the loyalty of the king. She's kind of like wondering why in the world did Maddox decides to do what he did. So Jude asked Cardin if he knew what Belkin was planning, and apparently he had no clue was being planned. 
Jude asked Cardin if he knew what Belkin was planning. Apparently, he had no clue what it was being planned. And Jude admits to Cardin that she didn't even know Maddox was planning it either. Juden takes Cardin's royal ring from his tied-up hands and she started to write a letter but stopped when she heard footsteps coming. As she dropped the ring in her bodice and she looked up to see who came in and it was actually Roach and Ghost. And Roach was in such a rage, breaking things and Ghost looks like he, his leg got injured. They're basically angry that Prince Dang got killed, basically. They accused her of aligning herself with Maddox, but Jude kind of proved it to them that if that was true, they, she would have turned in her prisoner by now. And Cardin is very, uh, is technically a very prized possession at the moment. Oh, and I guess at that moment, Jude notices Cardin's tail. It was kind of tucked away in his shirt. You know, it was kind of like a rumor almost that, and he was kind of hiding it. So that was a detail that kind of came out, you know. <laughs> Ghost suggested that they kill Cardin and get the revenge to Prince Dane. Uh, Roach says that since they're not employed by Dane anymore, that they should sell the prince. Get as much as they can and get out of there. Even Roach offers it to Jude to escape with them. Cardin uses a bargaining chip that was kind of unexpected to use him for information about Belkin and to get access to his treasury. Ghost asked Cardin what he knew of Belkin's plan. Page 265 says, you know, Cardin re responds, only that Belkin despised Dane. I despised him as well. He was despicable. I didn't know he managed to convince Maddox of that. Apparently, Dane was the one who poisoned a child that was still in the wound. He worked on the late king. No one trusted him but Dane. So basically, he kind of manipulated the the previous king to only trusting him and not anybody else. And he convinced the late king to throw Cardin out of the palace. So he was basically pushing all his siblings out of there to avoid the king from talking to them. He even convinced the king to step down and was ill and weak because he was actually poisoning his wine just a little bit to keep him weak, right? So Roach and Ghost confirmed uh, because Dane fathered a child with one of the king's consort, and if the king found out, he may choose a different heir. So that kind of gives an explanation of Dane's motivations. He was he slept with one of the king's consorts because of those actions. Like you don't mess with the consort. So you, with the, because of those, he would not be chosen to be king anymore. So Jude toiled in her mind and turning Cardin over to earn Belkin's favor to get power like she once wanted before, but she has to. Uh, but she came to the conclusion that the that true power cannot be taken away. Jude told Roach and Ghost that since Cardin is her prisoner, she decides what to do with him. Jude wonders to herself as to why Cardin, why Maddock is backing Belkin. Why would, after all the time, Belkin want to prove that Dane has orchestrated Little Rope's murder? Locke's mother. So Ghost confirms at that moment that he was the one who poisoned her seven years ago. And the reason that Dane wanted the child dead was because if he was born, Dane would never be king. There was a prophecy that was said that if the child was born, then Dane will never be king. So that was Dane's motivation behind that as well. You know, he wanted to be king so much that he was willing to get rid of the obstacle, basically. Jude decides to go home, claiming that she got lost in the scuffle and tries to figure out how much card is worth to them. Jude makes Roach and Ghost not to do anything with him until she gets back in a day, and they promise, but if she brings anyone remotely threatening to them, they will just kill her and Cardin. They are giving her a dame, or they will kill him anyways, basically. Jude thinks about the geese that was placed on her by Prince Dane, and she wonders if if the geese are going to still be on her or they're gone because of Prince Dane's death and she doesn't want to like figure out if that was the case or not. 
Chapter 23, she, Jude arrives at Maddox's estate. Almost seems like same, except it seems like the more there's more guards and servants going back and forth. She met up with Vivi and Oriana to see if they were okay. Jude just needed to change from her tattered ball ground into something else, and that's when that Vivi finally noticed about Jude's throat and hurt hand. She decides to dismiss it to get more details on Maddox's motivation, so no one knows what that is. Taryn's voice carries through the hallway, saying Locke has no idea what Cardin could be. Oriana just responds that currently at the moment, Monica has no patience to arrange a marriage right now. That moment kind of confirms um, Jude's suspicion that Locke was just creating a story like in chapter 11 says if there isn't one then he would create one and that one is break her heart and use the sisters against one another page 274 said i suppose i know who your lover is i called to my twin sister jude then challenges taryn to a duel for her honor which uh, has been basically betrayed by taryn because Taryn knew that, you know, Jude was very forthcoming about some of the things that she was doing with Locke, like, you know, kissing and, you know, staying at their house and everything. And Taryn still didn't say anything to her. Still let it continue, right? Jude asked what Cardin said to her that made her cry, which Taryn refuses to talk about. Apparently, everyone knew. And Locke was tricking everyone to believing that it was Jude's fault and he, and he was stolen away from Narcasia. And they were punishing Jude for that reason. A lot of drama. For that reason, Jude demands that Taryn fights. Uh, Taryn uh, did fight because it seems like Locke was slightly playing around with her too when he was with Jude. So when they fought with one another, Taryn wanted to be part of the face so bad. She did what she could to show she was different from Jude, claiming that Jude was going for Locke just to take him away from Cardin. So she's like, you just wanted him because you want to get back a Cardin, basically. So Vivi eventually steps in and uses her magic to force him to stop because it was a very heated um, battle between the two of them because they were both trained by Maddox and Sword and they were able to hurt each other a little bit. The enchantment worked on Taryn, but it didn't work on Jude, which almost caused her to kill Taryn. So that showed that the geese are still with her even at, in Prince Dane's death. Servants pulled them apart before anything else could happen, and that's when Jude notices that Maddox, his lieutenants, knights, and even Locke was standing there watching. He commanded them to be taken to the game room and told them to stay away from each other. They waited for about an hour. Maddox eventually comes in and appears to both of them. I'm just going to read it on page 280. So when he asked for your hand, he told me that although I knew the folk are changeable people, he still liked to take you for a wife. Is to me, I suppose, that you will not find him particularly constant. He said nothing about a dalliance with Jude then, but when I asked him on the go, he told me, mortal feelings are so volatile that it's impossible to help toying with them a little. He told me that you, Taryn, has shown him that you could be like us. No doubt, whatever you did to show him, that was the source of conflict between you and your sister. So there was a moment, apparently he locked tested both of them. One was, he told Taryn, if you love me, you would keep the secret. Jude, he's like, if you love me, you would do anything I ask, would you? Taryn passed the test, but Jude didn't because she's like, well, if you hurt me, I'll I'll hurt you back. So he she failed the test. Jude was like, I get why he chose her, but I wish she has chosen me over him. When Taryn asked what Maddox said to Locke, he says that he's actually unworthy for both Taryn and Jude, but won't stand in the way of Taryn's happiness if she chooses to still marry Locke. But it seems like Maddox defends Jude's actions by starting by her starting the fight. He tells Taryn that next time, if she chooses to fight, she better intend on winning. 
until then to fight in the future. Taryn doesn't seem to really agree with that. It's like her pride was kind of poked. She wanted Jude to be punished for it. He he didn't. He just basically told her, like, don't start things that you know you can't win at. And when Taryn left, Maddox wanted to ask her what happened that night, but Jude turned it around on him. She thought Maddox loved Prince Dane more than Belkin, but I guess that others have higher claims on his loyalty. And Maddox asked if she knew where Cardin was. That Belkin would offer a handsome reward, position in court and such. Even offer Taryn's head because she did portray her. But he wanted to let her know that her greatest lesson in life is sticking a sword in someone can leave the greatest regret in life, like murdering her mother. That's why Maddox was decided to stop her from, you know, hurting Taryn. Jude's going back to Taryn after she talks to Maddox and Vivi comes to talk to her instead. Vivi tells Jude that they should leave tonight. Vivi notices as well that Jude isn't well due to taking the poisons. Vivi feels that Taryn and Jude were there because it was Vivi's fault and keeping them there because of her. Jude asks what to do in the mortal world once they get there. They would do anything they would like, basically, Vivi promised. Jude seriously considers the offer because she feels like she has nowhere to go, even if this is all over with. Jude decides that she needs to wrap up some things before she considers leaving. She wanted to wrap up what to do with Cardin and such, which Vivi agrees to give her kind of a day to sort it out. So in chapter 24, Jude sought out Taryn, but found her gone. She went to Oriana, found out that Taryn went to Locke's estate. The next day, the High King Melkin will begin hosting a party in Maddox's honor, so Jude is expected to go. So while talking to Oriana, Jude notices on her dressing room table another golden acorn, the second one of the three. She started to think about Oriana and how, how quickly she came around with marriage to Maddox, and how quickly Oak was born and sickly he was. Kind of clicks that Oak wasn't Oriana's or Maddox's child. Prince Dane, she said, Prince Dane was his father, and Lyra wrote his mother. Oak is the reason Maddox backed Belkin, the reason he wanted Dane dead, and now he's the key to the crown. So basically, Oriana was very close to Lirope, and they were always talking about one another about things, and one of them was that Lirope started her affair with Prince Dane, and it wasn't really anything. You know, she wasn't expecting to get pregnant by Prince Dane because of the fact it's so hard in the fairy world to get pregnant. Once she found out she was pregnant, Lirope was poisoned, and she died, and Oriana just, you know, decided to cut Oak from the stomach to save the child. So it turns out that as well that maybe Maddox intended for Belkin to die too and put Oak on the throne. Maddox would be regent until Oak became of age and Oriana desperately doesn't want that to happen because child kings don't last very long. So that's kind of like the hidden motivation as to why Maddox was involved the way he did because he wants the power as well. But Jude started forming a new plan to take Belkin out to put Oak on the throne, her a princess, and to once again, power. And I'm like thinking the first thing, I'm like, wow, this is such a morally great character. She's always trying to do the right thing, but she's making these stupid choices <laughs> for power. <laughs> she remembers uh, the time that Oak forced her to slap herself endlessly, and, and she's like, that's what children do with power. They're not responsible enough to have that kind of power. So she's like, Oak is not responsible to take on the power that being a king has. He's just a kid. So I kind of like wanted to read page 297. She was walking away from Oriana after that discussion. So she watches Oak in, in the garden picking a bouquet of foxgloves. He's laughing. Sunlit turned his brown hair gold. When his nurse comes towards him, he darts away. I bet he doesn't even know those flowers are poison. 
a little resentful for Oak having that natural power. He was just born into it and he has that power. So I think she kind of resents him just a tiny bit for that. So chapter 25, we go back to Court of Shadows. She finds Cardin that even though he is supposed to be a prisoner, he's he's untied and playing with a poker with Roach, Ghost, and thankfully Bomb. Apparently she was able to find her way back. Apparently the time that she was gone, Cardin told them where the best wine is stored and where to get the dead princess Elowen's jewels at. Jude wa- basically wanted to scream in that moment because he was, bas- uh, he was threatening her plans because he was kind of making friends with them. And it kind of like undermines her authority in the situation. So she needed Cardin to carry out her plan to put Oak on the throne. That's what she decided to do. She points a crossbow to him to prove a point that she's not afraid. So, so she basically just told him, like, hey, I want to speak to you alone. She untied, the, you know, his legs, because that was the only thing tied at the moment, and brought him in Belkin's office and, like, points a crossbow at him and tell him, you know, we need to put Oak on the throne. Cardin admitted that she wasn't expecting. He smiles a lot when he's, when he's nervous, and he says that she is terrifying, worried what she would do to him. Even though he deserves death, he doesn't want to join his family. He promised to tell her anything. So he's like, I'll tell you anything if you just spare my life here. So he wanted to avoid the subject of why he wrote her name down several times, but he did want to talk about the drama between Locke, her, and her sister. He first did go get into back with Narcasia when it turned out that both Taryn and Jude at the end. So he first did it to get back at Narcasia. But he, it turns out that he just wanted to have Taryn and Jude uh, basically morals at the end. So why does Cardin want Jude dead? That's she asked. And Cardin admits that he never wanted to kill her when he threw her into the river with the Nixie. He just wanted to frighten her, not to kill her. So she brings up how Valerian almost killed her twice. Page 306. He said, um, his long fingers smoothed over the wood of Dane's desk. You really want honesty? I am the one with a crossbow, not shooting you because you promised me answers. What do you think? Very well, he fixes me with a spiteful look. I hate you because your father loves you even though you're a human brat born to his unfaithful wife. Well, mine never cared for me, though I am a prince of fairy. I hate you because you don't have a brother who beats you. And I hate you because Locke used you and your sister to make Narcasia cry after he stole her from me. Besides which, after the tournament, Belkin never failed to throw you in my face as the mortal who would best me. So basically, a lot of people were using her to get to him. And even Locke was doing that. He made Narcasia cry and all that fun stuff, and he just hates him for it. So page 307 says, Most of all, I hate you because I think of you often. It's disgusting and I can't stop. So he finally admits to why he hates her so much as well. You know, it's like, finally, I'm thinking about you. Terrible. She goes closer to Cardin with the dagger and gets close enough to kiss him. She sees the panic and desire in his face and she realizes that he does want her and he hates it. Without warning, she brings her lips to his. End of chapter. (laughs) That's a one way to end it. So yeah, it's like the the chapters of finding out motivations, why things happen as the way they did, all the little Easter eggs that we found out through all the chapters are kind of coming to a conclusion, why things are happening as they are, who's doing what. So it's all coming down to that. Next episode, episode six, we'll be going over chapters 26 through 30 and the epilogue. So I'm looking forward to wrapping this book up because a lot has happened, I would say. Thank you for joining me, readers. Read with you soon.